Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Indie Artist Music Hustle with Blind Intelligence. I'm your host, Miss Ronnie. Before we get started, I need everybody to hit the like button, subscribe button, and the notification bell to all. Or if you're listening on your podcast, make sure you subscribe. This week, we have a very special guest. We have Miss 222 Unique. Say hello to everybody. Hi. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Oh, we got a personality. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with letting you take over and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I'm a small town girl from Oxford, Mississippi, relocated to Las Vegas. Um, I live here now. Um, I've been rapping all my life. I, I've always had a love for music. So I'm a hip hop artist, an indie hip hop artist. Um, two, 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 unique, of course. Uh, I'm a mother. I'm a hard worker. I love my grind. I like to shine. I'm just like, I like to have fun. I like to be goofy. I'm just like, I'm a whole vibe. Okay. So how long have you been an artist? I've been, so I've been an official artist for two years now. Okay. As far as music, I started the music thing when I was like 11. Okay. So tell me this, because I know that you said that you was from Mississippi and that you moved to Las Vegas. How is the music scene different in Las Vegas than it is in Mississippi? Well, here in Las Vegas, um, like the venues are a little bit different from what I'm used to, just strictly because like, Las Vegas itself, not really with the hip hop, um, but then it's like one of the biggest hip hop scenes in the world. So like I get to meet different artists, different sounds. Um, but like, you know how like down South, everybody's like everybody country. So, but everybody got a different flavor of music. <laughs> what I'm saying like even in Arkansas accent more close to the mind in Arkansas um but I like, also live in Las Vegas okay okay so that's why I asked you about that because I know it's to me it's a lot different than in in Arkansas than it is in Las Vegas because Las Vegas had a strip and it's a tourist town. So if you want to get out there and pass out cards and tell anybody about you, hey, I got T-shirts, whatever. It's like every day that you go out there, you will always meet a different set of people. It would never be the same people every day. So in Arkansas, it's not like that. It's like it has to be something going on if you're not a person that always like to hang out or if you're not an artist that wants to perform in the club, you would rather perform at family friendly festivals you, you see what i'm saying so i think that more of a chance i'm not saying i, I guess i say more hip-hop indie hip-hop artists take more to performing in the clubs here in this part than in vegas you might go perform at a pool party well yeah that's true but like it's like you gotta know certain people and you gotta be like 
at a certain level to get into the clubs here, especially the popping ones. Like you can go to a lounge, you can do an event at a lounge or something like that. That's awesome. Um, but still, like as far as like the big clubs and stuff, like you really, really gotta be popping. And I'm coming out swinging, I'm making noise, so it'll be no time for long there. With that being said, we know that females are a minority in hip hop. Do you think that it's a double-edged sword being a minority in hip hop? And how do you feel about being a minority in hip hop? I I don't think, I really, I, I actually, like I know I'm a female and it's not a lot of us, but I don't, I don't view myself as a minority cause um, like, because I hold my music to a specific standard and I know I can, I can bop out with the best of them. So I just kind of hold myself up a little bit higher um, okay. just strictly because like, I'm not gonna recognize no difference because when people hear, hear my music, they go crazy. So, so, tell, so tell me about your latest song, your latest project. My latest project, okay, so I did an EP. That was like that EP. It's the last thing I've released. It's been some released songs since then with me as features. Um, but right now, my next two songs that I'm going to release, one is called TTG. I perform it a lot. It's, it's just not released yet. Um, so I give them like a little, you know, something that ain't even out yet. I give it to them. Um, and I redid a song. It's called I Got a Man. And mm -hmm. um, and that's gonna be released. And I also just recently redid my logo, so I'm releasing my my new logo with okay. uh, with one of those songs. I'm just not sure which one yet. <laughs> like so all my verses, I do 100% writing any verse, like or any hook that um, normally it's gonna be easy. That's on my hook. Some of those hooks we write together. Some of them she write them. And I just do the verses on the song. Okay. So how do you feel about co-writers versus ghostwriters? Mm, I don't really see no difference. Because like with my team, I be, I have, um, I have Easy um, helping me. Or she'll come up with a, a hook and she'll be like, hey, you want this hook? And I'm like, yeah, I love it. And I'll bop out to it. And as far as someone like a, um, a ghostwriter, um, I don't know. Like, because I've never had anyone write ghostwrite for me, but I would love to be a ghostwriter. I wouldn't mind doing it for someone else, you know? And, um... So I'm not like opposed to it. I'm, I'm not against it or anything because I promise you if someone hot or a really, really good ghostwriter hit me up like, hey, I wrote this. I want to hear your voice do it. I'm jumping on it like I'll do it. So I don't I'm not biased when it comes to it. So I'm going to ask you a business question. Then you talked about uh, your friend asking, hey, do you want this hook? So when you're doing your split sheets for your writer's credit, how do you determine how much writer's credit do that person get for the hook? Me and my partner, we just we just pretty much like um, 
it's basically like it's like okay i know you wrote this hook and it was a dope hook like we just come come up with a gr- agreement like you can get 30%, 20%, however it works, especially if you only wrote the hook and I did everything else, like, you know, you'll get something, but you, it's not going to be split half and half. But if we come up to an agreement, like, we can split it half and half. Like, we just we just sit down at the table and work it out like that. We always agree with each other. There don't never be no, no problems or issues with that. So my next question is, how TikTokable is your music? And when I say that is how catchy is your hook on TikTok that you could probably be a viral sensation? I have a couple of songs that are really catchy. The hooks are really catchy. So, and, and yeah, all my music is already on TikTok too. So it's just kind of like, um, I think all of it. Um, okay. The repetitive hooks that I have, they are the most popular. Okay. In your own words, I want you to tell me how it is to be a female hip hop artist. I really think it's amazing because of how people um, look at females. it's just almost like um, instantly when you see me, you see this small girl and like, oh, she's pretty. She's she's nice. Uh, she's happy. She's always smiling. She always speaking. Um, I think they hold the female hip hop artists to a certain standard. But then again, like just by us being females, like it's almost like we're we're beneath a guy out the gate and then yeah so they'll look at me like oh she's about to sing and then I come out with da 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 <laughs> and they like oh and that boosts my respect level so now I got all these guys cause it's not many females I got all these guys they hearing my music and they bopping out to it and they like I wanna work with her I wanna work with her and it actually goes hand in hand. Sometimes it can be bad because, of course, we know if you're you're not very well known, you're not from the area, like you might not be accepted. Um, in my case, I feel really good because everybody know I'm not from here and it's all love and support. And it's just it's crazy. The energy is crazy. So I think, you know, it goes hand in hand, like like the scales, but it's even in that aspect. Okay. So, personally, this is just your opinion. Do you think that some female rappers get a chance because of their looks and not necessarily because of their talent? And why do you feel the way that you feel either either way? Because, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of females get chosen because of their looks, uh, specific things about them, like, you know, the female anatomy or how light-skinned or dark-skinned you are. Um, and I think that really sucks because you have some really talented people uh, being looked over. Um, oh, my goodness. And I had something I wanted to say, and it's just me. Whoop. <laughs> and I think... 
in my opinion, um, it's presented that way because in, when it comes to business, it's what's marketable. Like, if you out here, you super pretty, you got these big old boobs and you got this big old butt and you fit um, and you light skin. Or even if you dark skin, I don't, I don't really think it matter. But in the industry, they lean more towards lighter skin people. So, um, That's question that I'm gonna ask you about next. <laughs> and I, I just think like it's when it come on to that aspect, it's strictly business. And when you get a person like that, you can kind of mold them to what you want them to be or what you want them to look like in the public eye. And, um that's perfect for business because and, and we know sex sells so if you get this sexy woman even though she's not good at the rapping but she's good on camera who cares people are gonna love her just because she's beautiful i want to ask you about <clears throat> the colorism we know that colorism exists among african americans and this uh, subject has been brought up many a times uh, when Danny Lay made her song uh, about her light skin, you know, and then it's another rapper. She called herself light skin Keisha. And so <laughs> a lot of reference to skin color within the community, the actual African-American community. Do you actually think this is do you actually think that top executives make more of an issue about color or do you think it's black people making the issue about color? Mm, I think it's a little bit both because for the actual African-American um, community, for the black community, um, it's almost like that crab in a buckle. I can't let my chains go. Like, you know how jealousy and um, going against one another, that wasn't, it wasn't really taught, but it was beat into our ancestors. You get what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. when you got your own mind and you got your, and you really do your research on your people, you just pretty much look at it like you know what it is and you know that it's sad. You can only try to teach, teach one. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, to me, I just think the black community as a whole, we still got that I'm a slave mentality. I say we because I'm included in that community, um, not necessarily me personally, but we got that that mentality. Um, we no longer stick together. It's no longer anything put in place like people not caring about other people, kids, like how how it was when we grew up you know it's, it's just completely different and i think that come with the time but if the time's gonna change why can't we change our mentality true true and on the executive perspective he's he just thinking money <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it ain't even gotta be on that light skin dark skin but if you see a dark-skinned girl and a light-skinned girl standing next to each other and both of them are beautiful, people more so lean towards the light-skinned virgin. I don't know what that is, but I've seen it happen. Okay, so tell me this then. You feel like 
that's going on right now. But at one particular time, it used to be when the light-skinned men was in, and then they came out with this saying that light-skinned ain't in. So, yeah. I think that, with especially with men, I think that it has evolved past colorism with looking at men. Do you think that it's ever going to get to that with women? I think it will. And I think it's just, like, you know how, like, those trending hashtags are? Something trendy has to happen. That's what I think. Okay. Like, people go with the flow. They they catch each other ways, you know? So, I think, I just, I really think um, it's going to be a trend. And mm. that trend going to go so far. And then it's, it's just going to be like, hey. <laughs> so, I got a, qu- a business question for you. Some artists I have seen different places or whatever, even in some of the artists that I have interviewed, um, say that they make they make a release and they'll release a single every month. Do you think releasing a single every month gives the maximum potential to the song? Or do you feel like, um, it, I, I don't think that people are feeling it, so let me just move on to the next. I mean, so what is your perspective on when is a good time to leave this single and move to the next? Uh, I, I, I most definitely, I'm not going to wait a month to release the next song because you got to let it circulate. You got to have the right promotion. You got to put your promotion into it. You got to, you know, do what you do with the song. Um, so, no, I would not personally do that. But I'll see how the traction go with the song. And after, I don't know, like, I'm stingy with my music. So I like the, (laughs) I'm stingy with my music for real. So I like to let my songs get as much potential as they gonna get before I release another one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know it's been so long since I did the EP when I dropped when I drop the next two songs, because both of them hot, I want to try to make them compete against each other to see what does what, because I got a different flavor on this song, and I'm doing something different, talking about something different on the next. I want to see what my fans really going to like and what they're going to be drawn to, so I can do more things like that. Okay. Next question. How do you manage being a independent artist with being a parent? Uh, you know, a lot of times it ain't it ain't enough time in my day ever. <laughs> but um basically my kids are here with me all the time. Um, like I said, um I'm, I'm not back home anymore. So like when I move my kids move or um like I'm always busy, but it just seems like I'm always like when I go to bed at night, if not one, both of them are right there with me. Um, I spend time with them daily because, you know, when I'm not doing music, I'm working. So I'm home and um, like they're, I'm managing it nice. I can't say like I just don't have enough time in my day uh, for other things. But when it comes to being a parent, I'm that 24-7. Okay. So, do being a parent 
and you being away from home, do that determine what type of shows that you, what type of gigs you take? No. Um, just know I'm one of them mamas that I be like half dead when my baby's not with me. <laughs> like, I, um, I'm, I'm real close to my babies. So like if when I'm away from them, especially too long, I miss them a lot. And I get all like emotional and stuff behind that. But um, it won't stop me from going and handling business. Okay. So you mentioned to me earlier that you've been a professional artist for about two years, which means that you made the decision to go from being a hobby to being a professional during the pandemic. What made you decide during that particular time when the whole world was shut down? So what's crazy is, well, let me go back and correct myself because it was like very, very end of 2019 going into 2020. So, um, so then the pandemic hadn't happened. But um, as soon as I got on board to become a professional artist, all that good stuff, I moved here. And then probably like two or three months after I got here in Las Vegas, everything shut down. Here go the pandemic. Took me by surprise, but I was it was easy to stay safe because I didn't know anyone, Um, (laughs) you know, so. I chose that time to do it. Um, I had a tragedy in my family. Um, I have a cousin. Um, he was killed. He was stabbed to death. Mm-hmm. And um, he was my biggest fan when it came to the music. I was just doing it for fun. And he was just like always supportive. He was always telling me, you need to push this. You need to do this. You can do something with your music. And um, I told him that I was going to do it. And um, but I never did it. So he didn't get to see what I'm doing now because he was already passed. And that was my biggest push to decide to do that, because it was just like things back to back for me in my personal life at that time. And, you know, you want to act out, you want to be crazy. But I was building on myself like I'm not, you know, I'm a work in progress, you know, like. I'm not perfect and I had things that I didn't like about myself that I had to work out and it was just like I it, it was almost like I was getting smacked back to back with different things in my personal life and I sat down and I wrote a song and I just let it all out that song I wrote was flex on them okay and it was a, a very angry song and because you know we women they act like we supposed to always be like so elegant we're never supposed to be mad we're never supposed to get sad we're not supposed to do certain things just because we're women and i like to show them like hey i used to do this this that and the third but look at me now so So that makes me ask you a question then because I wrote a blog one time about how black women are perceived and black women are perceived as tough and don't cry and don't let them hurt their feelings. And they're always 
angry and all of that. Do you think that society allows black women to just be a woman? Because I even listened to um, when Jim Carrey, I guess, was criticizing Will Smith about the slap with Chris Rock. And he made the comment, well, Jada's a tough woman. She don't need anybody to protect protect her. But that's the actual stereotype that society has against Black women. So even if she's perceived as tough, even if she says she's tough, do you think society actually allows Black women to just be a woman? Not at all. Not at all. Society doesn't allow it. Um, and that's just strictly because, like, we Black women, you know, like, we were built um, for hardships, you can say. And, like, because they, like, when you think about it. I can say that I was not built for hardships, not for me. <laughs> but but that's what, but, but that's their view. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And. And we both know, like, us as black women, we take a lot on and we handle it and we just straighten up that crown and keep it moving. Um, but not all of us are, are that strong and not all of us have that mentality. Um, and a lot of us are protected by our black brothers, you know, but when it comes to society as a whole, like, they... I, I'm trying to think of how to say it without being disrespectful to anybody or rubbing anybody the wrong way because I would not want my words to be misconstrued. But just 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 think about the image they painted of of like a angel mama or just just think about back in the day where they had that one black lady holding two black back I mean two white babies and had more of them around them and then her her black babies in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like big mamas. We 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 are viewed as the big mamas, the strong ones. We take care of these kids, we cook for these kids. If something in the house messed up, we fix that. You know what I'm saying? They don't look at that as independence. Okay. Like when it comes to us, our personal lives and our kids, they don't look at what we do as independence. They look at it as something that we were bred to do or we have to do. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this then. Because of that, that was the perception that we have from society. Now, when you cross over to hip hop, the men are very disrespectful towards women. Where do you think the, I would say the imaginary line is between society feeling that you are strong and you can withstand everything and then moving over to the hip-hop scene where they just do not respect women at all. But what, what do you think what do you think created that line, that barrier where the thinking about the same type of woman is so extreme from one end of the spectrum to the other? So we both know there is no line. That's just, it is what it is. But as a woman, you go in and you demand your respect, period. You're not like, yeah, they want you to be presentable and they want you to be nice 
and they don't want you to really stick up for yourself. But if you don't do that, you'll never gain your respect. They'll never look at you like an equal. Um, when it comes to hip hop, it ain't no, oh, you're a woman, so you're not this. Or he's a man, so he's this. Like, you go in, you demand your respect, you take your respect, and you, you stick up for what you are. You hold yourself down. Like, as far as me, I'm not taking that. Like, hey, I know I'm, I'm a woman, but I can stand next to you and rap, and I can probably do it better. And that's where my head at. Okay. So, you know, everybody always asks questions about your thoughts on different things. So I'm going to ask you this. What do you think about, of course, we all accept everybody as who they are. But it seems like lately in hip hop, men are wearing more dresses now. Do you think that men are emasculating themselves for the money? Or that is truly who they are. Well, like, you know, if, if they say this what you are, this is what you are. But some of the more more phonier ones, the ones who just strictly doing it for the money, yes, they are. But they're not understanding, like, as black men, it's been set up to do this to you and you're allowing it. You gonna sell your soul for some money that you can't take with you when you pass away. Like you can leave it for your kids, but after you get so much money, like your kids ain't gonna even be able to take it with them. You know, like I, I, I told my kids to bury everything with me. I told them <laughs> I do not want to lay down. I need them to bury me like an Egyptian. I want my tomb sticking sitting straight up. I want you to wrap me like a mummy. I want my computer down there. So you have to dig. I don't know how many plots, but it needs to be enough room for a computer, for a couch, and for everything. Because you don't know what happens in the afterlife, and I might want to have a party. Right. Period. Okay, you just came from my view. Black people came from Egypt. Bury me the way that I'm supposed to be buried. Right, period. Mm. That's all I need you to do. (laughs) So I'm taking mine with me. Now I'm sure my kids are taken care of, but the things that I like here on earth, I do want buried with me. And you make the accommodations to make it right for me. I, I thank you for coming. I want you to tell everybody your latest single, your social media handle, where they can find you, anything 222 unique. Okay. So you can find me at 222unique.official on Facebook. You can find me at 222unique underscore official. No, it's dot official on Instagram. Um, My YouTube, 222unique. And then uh, my latest single is every, all my songs are on every platform. Um, the latest things dropped were Blame Me. It's by Easy featuring 222 Unique. I'm a feature on that one. Um, and then as well as uh, Street Politics by Saints. Okay. And that's a feature with me on it. Those are just the two. Well, Street Politics just released not too long ago. So that's the the newest release. Um, okay. I'm a feature. So y'all go check that out. It's on Apple Music. It's everywhere. Okay. <laughs> and um, 
check out my EP as well. Check out Party. Um, check out Flex on them. And okay. <sighs> All right. Y'all have all streaming platforms. Um, what's the name of them again? Flex on them. Flex on them. Two two unique. Two two unique. And Party. You get her on all streaming platforms. You can find her on YouTube. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her on Facebook. Don't forget, you can find the podcast on all podcasting platforms. You can find the video portion on Spotify Video Podcast and on YouTube, Instagram. And we're moving to Twitch. So uh, make sure you subscribe, like. Make sure you go to her YouTube page and subscribe and like and comment and get us in the logarithms. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.